Howdy. You're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. BCS Habitat for Humanity started this podcast back in 2020 as a way to get to know our policymakers and advocate for good housing policies in a growing community. Over the last two years, we've interviewed experts from the Mercatus Center in D.C. on how better housing policies can reduce the spread of the coronavirus. We've talked to local residents about how proposed legislation in College Station might impact them, and we've interviewed local candidates running for political office in the November elections. What we haven't done yet is interview primary candidates, but that changes in 2022. We've just interviewed the four Republican candidates for Brazos County Precinct 2. Why just Republicans, you might ask? Because there are no Democrats running for this office, so the primary election is the election. By the way, even if you live inside city limits, you're still a county resident, so this election matters to you too. And if you're in Brazos County, but not in Precinct 2, you can still get value out of this series because these candidates discuss the challenges that the entire commissioner's court will face together. And Precinct 2 will be one vote among five for county-level decisions. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share these episodes with your friends before you vote, on or before March 1st. And just remember, think local, think Brazos. are joined by Chuck Condrilla, who we really appreciate you coming to talk to us today, running for Precinct 2 of the Commissioner's Court. Chuck, thank you so much for coming on Think Brazos. Hey, thanks for having me, Charles. So we wanted to talk today about um, a number of things, I hope, uh, but one of the main things is obviously to let those who live in Precinct 2 get a better idea of who you are, um, mm-hmm. what you stand for, and, and some ideas that you might have. So let's start with that. Um, you know, who is Chuck Condorla? Well, I mean, I'll go back from the start. So um, I was born in Bryan and not far from here in 73 to okay. David and Ann Condorla, born of the 12 Condorla children. I was the 12th. Well. Yes. So wow. I have a pretty good sense of humor and I can fist fight better than the average man. <laughs> used to play with a little girl across the street named Lori. We've now been married 25 years. We have seven children. So a small family <laughs> compared to mom and dad. Um, grew up in Bryan and, uh, and, and actually lived in Bryan until I was seven. My family then, my dad's work took us out of town. I came back in, tw- in 1991 and worked full time and paid my way through A&M. Took me six years to do it, wow. but, but I got through. Full-time, paid for my education there, studied agricultural economics, and background in agriculture and, and economics, and went to work when I graduated A&M. Uh, two things. One, I started a company that I still have today, Fifth C Fine Jewelry, yeah. and two, I went to work in IT sales, which then uh, paved the way for a transition to working in pharmaceutical and biotech sales, which is what I did for years. I did that. Really? Yeah, that's how I paid the bills from, from 2000 to, uh, gosh, 20, uh, 2010. And then I actually took that back up for a short time in 2017. That oh, okay. It had changed so much that I quickly didn't stay with that. But uh, I learned a lot about the research and development components with sure. biotech, with nutraceutical, pharmaceutical, 
how things come to patent, vaccines, drugs, I mean, drug to drug interactions, safe use of drugs. So that, that was kind of how I cut my teeth. Simultaneously, I started my little company and I was meeting with people in the evenings by, by appointment and building and designing jewelry. That's how I paid for my college education, working at a jewelry store and designing and building jewelry. I was blessed to be able to kind of carry that on as a, as a extra money kind of thing for my family. Sure. Um, so Lori and I started our, our having children. We were, we were told we couldn't have children by the grace of God. We have seven. Golly. Yeah, we fired that doctor. Yeah. Uh, but I did see him after we had our fifth kid, and it was kind of funny. Cause <laughs> he goes, hey, what are you up to? I said, I'm headed to, the, headed to the mall to buy another fish for the van. Yeah. It's our fifth one. We have five kids. Anyway, uh, <laughs> how's your practice? That's hilarious. So, so anyway, yeah, well, God is more powerful than any physician, right? So, sure. uh, and, and praise him, we have seven. We always wanted a big family. Lori, again, I've known her literally my whole life. She's just the, she's everything I want to be. She's wise and compassionate, kind and patient. It's just a, a wonderful uh, yin to my yang. I, I could have given God an order sheet of what to expect in a wife, and I couldn't have ordered better than what he gave me. Uh, so anyway, wonderful woman. Uh, so we've been, you know, as, as we went along with the career path uh, in 2010, in 2009, I was appointed to Planning and Zoning Commission okay. for the City of Bryan. So that kind of started. I've always been active in the Republican Party and politically, my family tends to be. But in, 20, in 2009, I was, uh, started serving as PNZ, so that's kind of the first, uh, I guess, uh, bigger board. Right. That I've, done, I've done a lot of pro-life work before that. Okay. Very active in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, uh, American Heritage Girls, excuse me. I'm a youth minister for almost three decades now. Oh, really? Uh, yes. St. Joseph and okay. Brian. Yeah. It's where I was originally, where I was baptized where I've lived oh, my cool. life as a Christian uh, in and out of that church mainly. I used to go to St. Mary's every now and then and uh, just kind of, you know, I like that priest over there. It was my brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's now a bishop of the Tulsa Diocese. Yeah, I yeah. heard that. Yeah, great guy, David. So, um, but anyway, so Lori and I, where, where was I? I started in 2010 um, uh, talking about some things that I'd like to see going on with Brian because, you know, being a guy from Brian and, and really growing up in Brazos County, I really felt like it, maybe everyone thinks it's about their town. I just feel like this place is more special than most places. The people here, the capacity to give, the, the, the people that get yeah. up and go to work every day and provide for their families, sure. and that that's still the core of kind of who this area is and the innovation that's, that's come from here. The, the downtown area where I spent years and years growing up playing and, and outside the pharmacy and, and running up and down those sidewalks, right? So uh, seeing that in a place of disrepair was heartbreaking for me and I just more and more as I prayed on it I felt called to maybe step in and do something. In 2010 I ran for city council and was elected. I served three terms in Bryan City Council Okay. so um, and then one was a partial term when I began. So uh, we're, I'm sorry were you uh, term limited then or maybe you're getting to that? No because it, no it's a great question and and please stop me because I go uh, <laughs> it was in 2010 I, I there was a council member who was running for mayor okay. and I jumped in and served the last year of his term. I see. In 2011, I was unchallenged, went on the ballot and was elected unchallenged. 
Um, we, during that time, because of the census data uh, changing constantly and Brazos County growing, yeah. we had to redraw some lines for the single member districts in, in Bryan, yeah. Texas, and that actually put me outside of my area. I see. So uh, it's kind of a theme with me. Uh, <laughs> since, since I was no longer going to be in my single member district, I was able to serve until that November election of 12, and, and then that term as single member district three member would have ended okay. because of the changing of the lines. Mm -hmm. That said, I still felt like there was work to do, so I ran at large and was elected in 2012 at large. I see. We then moved the, the, the dates of the elections from May until November, mm -hmm. so I ended up serving an additional three and a half years in that Got capacity. It. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And so, what a great time to be on city council. We, we affected sure. so much change in the area. Serving on city council, I, I was blessed to be able to be on the Brian Brazos EDF board, okay. the economic, de economic development and, and collaboration, anything that the city was doing with the county. I see. And here's a little geography lesson. The city is in the county. So people talk <laughs> about, well, so-and-so lives in the county. They know right. all about county issues. Anyone in Bryan, Texas is in the county. Same thing sure. with College Station, Wixon Valley, Norton, yeah. Curtin. So um, when you look at who's in the county and, the, and, and what, what matters in the county yeah. as a council member, that's, that's part and part of what you do. Yeah. And I worked very closely with Commissioner Sammy Catalina and okay. Judge Peters on the Bryan Brazos EDF board. I was kind of the liaison to the county. Yeah. And we accomplished a lot of the things I wanted to see happen. What you know, kind of things would you work on? So in 2010, one of the driving things that made me want to run is that uh, the, the place I'm from, Brazos County in Bryan, Texas, uh, there were, I think at that time, it was 74% of the students that attended BISD were on some sort of assistance for food, whether that's the backpack program, sure. whether that's uh, coming, to, coming to school to eat breakfast, yeah. lunch, and then getting sent home with dinner. Mm -hmm. My business, my family, my youth group, my scout program, we've all been a big part of, of helping that effort but when you when you think about 74 percent of those people have those challenges or why right and and what can you do about it and i thought as a council member one thing i could do about it was help bring prosperity to brazos county because i don't think we lack where some places might i don't think we lack for people that want to do well by their family and work right. hard look but at habitat as an example exactly I mean, which and, and i was a strong as a council member strongly supported habitat as a business owner, I've given the money. As a, as a guy in the community, I've swung the hammers. I mean, Habitat's, uh, Mike Alexander, the board chair, yeah. is my brother-in-law. I mean, this is an important organization in my family, but and a history there. So not just saying it because we're running for office. Like, sure. this is who we are. Um, and Habitat's a great example of, of what Brazos County people do. They, they help each other. They get out and they get out and work for it. So as a council member, to the question, what are the things I wanted to see? I wanted to bring jobs here, but not necessarily you no know, jobs from 1950, but jobs from 2050. Mm -hmm. Your manufacturing, your biotech, your, bio, your nutraceutical, pharmaceutical, the research, vaccine manufacturing, all those things, what those all bring are people then that might need services. So they might need the plumber, the electrician, the, the guy that's keeping the yard. They might need the, the, the nurse, the physician, the, the people that are going to take care of their family. They need all of the services that those people provide, that we in Brazos County, any of us, whether we're the CEO of a, of a corporation or whether we're the person that's coming and helping care for the elderly patient in the home, mm -hmm. those jobs bring everything with it. 
And so I thought with what was going on in what was proposed to be kind of the biomedical corridor in West Bryan, that was something I championed. Okay. The re reinvigoration of downtown. So taking downtown from what might have been a cancer in, in the city of Bryan and making it the center and something we're yeah. very proud of where we embrace our heritage. And I can tell you something else where our office, we have a great view of the tree line in Brazos County. Well, that tree line wasn't at all like that when people started coming to Brazos County. In fact, sure. the, the Italian immigrants and farmers that came here planted those trees. This was a grassland prairie. Mm. And when I look out across Brazos County and, and think about, that's kind of a silly thing, but trees take a long time to happen. Yeah. And when you look out and go, this, this place looks completely different because of the people that live here and that founded yeah. this place. And what is my role in that place? And that's the prayerful consideration that I gave as a councilman and also uh, in my time as commissioner as well. So when you, when, you, when you weigh all that in as a council member, you're very motivated to bring those, those items for prosperity here, to take your existing businesses that are here and make the city very customer service oriented. I, I didn't ever want the city feeling like you're going, God forgive me for the analogy, but going to the DMV. Like, well, that's Charles, you brought form A and B, yeah, but you didn't right. bring C, come back, no <laughs> soup for you. Uh, I never wanted the city like that. Yeah. So that was something that we really pushed for in 2010 when I was elected, was making staff realize their roles and not be in a silo. Yeah. We have an amazing staff at the city of Bryan, but everyone worked together. And when someone comes to us, that someone, usually a citizen, a developer, someone wants to invest in our community, it's not a question of, did you do A, B, and C, and, and yes or no? It's a question of how can we help you? How can we make what you want to make happen in our city happen within our rules and parameters of our city? And, and that attitude, I think, is now what Brian is known for. Yeah. And in fact, you can talk to the people that just opened Big Shots Golf in Brian. Their, their interactions with the city are what made them come to the city of Bryan instead of sticking that out on Highway 6 in some other city. Yeah. So very, very proud of that. I never want to be the guy that says, I did that. I want, I'm very proud to have been a, a member of the group of people that did that because it was a great group of people that all bought into that and serve that now right. very well. And the city staff, uh, amazing. When my, when my term ended in November of 15, I worked with my company. Um, very blessed to have that company that was kind of a side thing, support my family of nine. And that year was very difficult because we lost my wife's mother and father. In 2012, while I was in running for council and all that was going on with council, I was reeling from the loss of my mother, one of the most influential and impressive human beings I've ever met. And anyone that knows her, that worked with her, she was a nurse for decades at St. Joseph, brought many, many children into this world as a labor and delivery nurse, um, and even as a midwife for those that maybe were afraid to go to the hospital or couldn't afford it. So community service and helping those maybe less fortunate than us is, again, something that we were raised with knowing and respecting. But um, we, then, you know, when I, when I left the term as council member, my wife's mother was, and father became sick and both passed on. My father, in 2012, after the loss of my mother, we became aware of how, um, how well as a de devoted wife she masked his dementia. And we realized that he was far along with dementia. So we started, when you have 12 kids, you, you, you really are blessed for several reasons. But one of them is we just started taking shifts oh, of who great. was with dad. Yeah, my shift was Thursday. Wow. Thursday, I'm, I'm with dad. And um, those were challenging but wonderful days with dad. Yeah. You know, it wasn't quite dad, but he was. Yeah. 
and uh, kind of changing those roles so who's taking care of who. Sure. But still bits of wisdom would pop out between the dementia and, right. and really get to know and still love this amazing man that you're blessed to call dad. So for a year, we kind of uh, lived on our company and took care of parents that passed. And, and my father actually didn't pass until 19. Okay. He passed in 19. But uh, I focused on my family. We had a lot of young children. Focused on my business, focused on my community service with all the things that were, again, youth groups, scouts, American Heritage Girls, uh, boards, commissions. I'm very, very involved in the community. So I, I want to invest my time here. This isn't something I just started doing because I'm running for office. Right. Again, it's, okay. it's who we are. Um, in 2018, I sat down with Commissioner Catalina and Judge Peters okay. and told them, I'd like to run for county commissioner. We had since moved into the county. We've been in the county now for several years. And you're still there? Uh, yeah. In what people call the county, the outside of the city limits of Bryan. Thank you. We're all in the county. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do now live outside of the city limits, yeah. right? And during that inter, you know, during those, those interactions with, with Sammy and with mm -hmm. Dwayne, uh, who are, are dear friends, uh, worked with them for years, brought Atlas Pipe and Tube here. We, we kept Kyle Field from shutting down. We brought numerous businesses, again, Prosperity Opportunity, CTE program, worked on so many things together, accomplished great things together. So I'm sitting down with these guys, not for the first time, and uh, talking about maybe serving as county commissioner. Sammy was Sammy. Was Sammy. He, he was incredibly encouraging. We spent probably two and a half, three hours at the Longhorn that day talking about the differences between a, a, a commissioner and a council member. And it was awesome. It was just a great time. And it ended with him saying, Chuck, I think you'd be a great commissioner. And, you know, I'm serving. He had just been reelected. I'm serving till 22. Uh, but you know, January 1 of 22, maybe. <clears throat> the, excuse me. I'm sorry. Let me get my dates right. He was serving through 22. And he wasn't planning on running again. He said, I think you would make a good commissioner. You ought to consider running. And, and I left thinking, well, that's great. Because you ought to talk to Dwayne Peters. So I mm -hmm. separately sat down with Dwayne. And Dwayne and I share the same addiction of Mi Poblito and, and Brian, the best, <laughs> best Mexican food. Um, but we sat down again a couple of hours and talked through it. Differences between a commissioner and a council member. And Dwayne was very supportive as well. Chuck, I think you'd make a, a great commissioner. I'd like to see you run. And to be honest, I drove away thinking, wow, these, both of these men, great interactions, think I ought to run for commissioner. And I got about five minutes down the road and I went, you dummy, they tell that to everybody. <laughs> I had to check myself. So, um, and, and, I, and I did have a little laugh. I, do, I think they had sincerity in what they're saying, but I, I'm, I'm sure they have to tell that to several people that all think they yeah. ought to run for commissioner. Well, here you are now, and uh, you are taking that leap and jumping in, but this isn't the, your first rodeo with uh, the county commissioner's court. You were a few months. Well, and, and the, the next part of that story was, uh, you know, I talked to Sammy several times. He had, he had any number of things that if any one of them maybe could have given him a break, he could have maybe beat them all. But God's plan was to take him home. And um, judge called me and, and said, Chuck, I just want you to know Sammy's passed and we're going to have to fill that seat and, uh, you know, just be aware of that. And I thought, oh, goodness. Uh, it came out later that we 
understood how that seat would be filled. Mm -hmm. There would be a process by which people would put their name in, mm -hmm. resume in, uh, to be considered by the judge of who would be appointed to serve until the next election. Sure. Seven people put their name in, and judge chose me, okay. um, which was incredibly flattering and a big sure. honor, humbling at the same time. Yeah. But he chose me and said, Chuck, I trust you, but you're coming in during a very difficult time. And he wasn't joking. In June of 20, when Judge Peter swore me in, I began serving, first of all, staffs reeling from the loss of a very well-loved commissioner. Right. There's an in, he was sick for some time, so there's a pretty good backlog of things to catch up with on, that he was working on. It was budget time, mm -hmm. which is always challenging. Right. And think back of June of 20. I mean, people were terrified. We were yeah. still, we were told, at, I don't want to mention who, but we were told by an organization that we were going to have 30,000 casualties in, in Brazos County, potentially wow. 30,000 casualties. And no one understood really fully this pandemic. And because there were, and still are, varying reports of what's going on and what we ought to do to mitigate the risk, mm -hmm. um, some people take it seriously, some don't. My good friend, Councilman Adcock, passed away yesterday. <clears throat> so this is a serious... Uh, it's, it's very hard to know which direction to go, who to believe, and, and it was like that then. And, and how do you mitigate risk, and how do you keep your family and yourself healthy? Right. And that was all going on in June of 20, and uh, businesses were, were shut down. My business was locked up. You know, I, I yeah. couldn't even go to my building. So people I buy diamonds from mm -hmm. were locked up for months after that. It was very challenging to yeah. be a jeweler during that time. Right. But as a new commissioner, that's what I walked into, you know, and, and the analogy I use is the house was on fire. We had to, we were looking at A&M potentially being an online learning institution for the next two years. And if you look at those differences between city and, and county, county's budget is 75% property tax. Yeah. Property tax is assessed by tickets and sales. If, if all your restaurants are closed, if all your hotels are closed, if A&M's an online learning institution, the way that you pay for essential county services, and we're talking about, we have essential services for health and safety that yeah. we've got to pay for. People want to have roads. People want to have the county services, the buildings, everything that does, the health department. Right. And, and all, how are you gonna pay for all of that and walk in as a new commissioner during budget cycle to figure that out while your property tax is potentially going to go away for some time? Mm. That is what I walked into. And it was an incredible, challenging, incredibly challenging time. Simultaneous to that, there were a lot of things going on. We can get to that uh, with regard to my family, medically speaking. And, and one of my daughter's diagnosis at the time of uh, an autoimmune disorder. So all of that was going on. And, and all I could do is thank God that he put me there because I knew he had a reason. Mm -hmm. I knew I was there for some reason. And I, and I swore in and served to the election. I was honored to do that. We started conversations that I felt needed to be had. Mm -hmm. So XYZ Company has been paying taxes in Brazos County for decades and decades. Do they know how to bid on a county project? Do they know how to successfully potentially win a project where maybe they can earn some of those dollars back to their company because that's what they do? Are we hiring glass companies from out of the county? Are we hiring concrete companies from out of the county? Do the local people know how to successfully bid on county projects? People that or in, in you know, offices in Houston, Atlanta, and, sure. and everywhere else, they know how to bid on a county right. project. Do our local people know how points are assessed on that? Do we, yeah. can, do we have a process by which if they didn't win a bid, 
Can they go in and kind of forensically look with purchasing? Why didn't I win that bid? What should I have done better? And those are the conversations I started having, and we had them. And now I think we've come a long way to making those businesses understand. And if you don't in your local business, go to the county website, because we've got it all posted there. Yeah. Uh, we started looking at, again, budget, right? So during a time where everyone thought budget was going to be a nightmare, and it, and it was challenging, we lowered the tax rate. We lowered the tax rate during the pandemic. Looking at AM being an online learning institution for the next two years, we asked for all staff to do a mandatory 10% cutback of your budget this year. Okay. I know that you're going to do without. I know it's hard. I know you're providing a service that's essential to the taxpayer paying for it. You got to cut 10% off the top. Okay. And every department came forward and did that heroically. Wow. And think about when I say every department, think about a jail during a time of pandemic while you have your, your jail with people that have COVID and you right. have to keep them separate from that. And meanwhile, your staff also is in the community and being exposed to those people with COVID and, and still having to operate your, your volunteer fire services. I mean, you're, there's a lot to do when you say, oh, we're just getting everybody to take 10% off. There's a lot that goes into taking 10% off of those services, yeah. but they did it. They did it so well. I was very proud of them and allowed us to lower the tax rate and also start steering more toward the county reserve. When I was in the city of Bryan, we renegotiated all of our debt because our bond rating improved to the top tier you could possibly have. We went two ratings up, renegotiated all of our debt with a sign of a pen. I remember at one meeting, our debt went down $26 million just by renegotiating it with a higher bond rating. So I started working to see what can we do in the county as well. And one of the things you can do is increase your reserve the number of days that you can operate with no money coming in and potentially looking at these disastrous economic times at the time, that was something that was paramount to do. So lower the budget rate and increase the reserve during a time of pandemic. And we did it. We did it because we got the best county staff there is in the budget department and judge Peters is so well respected and loved by them. And and they, and we all worked really well to get that done together. And then we put into place a vehicle so that this most recent budget, would also see a tax rate decrease. I wasn't in office to get to claim that one. Other people were, but it happened because of things we put into motion last budget cycle. Wow. So let's. Um, so we've heard a lot about your background and how you got to this point, but let's let's look at the future for a few minutes. Here, yes. As far as um, some ideas that you may have in the county, and something that we're interested in in hearing about. We've talked about the county. We've talked about that it involves urban and rural. Uh, how do you feel that um, you will be able to best represent both of those groups? I know you say that they're they're both county residents, uh, but they have different, um, obviously different needs, different realities between those who are in the rural part of the county and those in the, in the city. Um, so that's something we're interested in hearing a little bit about. They both have the sim- um, probably top similar concerns. Sure. Taxes. Mm-hmm. Taxes going down are great when your rate's going down, but when your appraisal is increasing 15%, that doesn't always help you. Right. That's not a county-controlled thing, the appraisal. There's an appraisal board, uh, but there are state rules that they're following. Mm-hmm. And working with your state representatives, your state senator, working with the governor's office and talking about these things, that how do we get these out-of-control appraisals uh, reined in? Mm-hmm. And, and having that network of people, again, if I were just coming into office, I'd be trying to build that network of people. I have all those people on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with those people regularly. So working, I think, one of the things that as a commissioner that I would like to do, again, it's not a county uh, 
you don't have a lot of county control, but you do have county voice. Mm -hmm. And the voice is my voice with everybody behind me bringing in the out of control appraisal values. When you have an appraisal value so high and you're paying, maybe it's a reduced tax rate, great. But when you're paying a reduced tax rate on a much increased value, your taxes are really going up. And it's getting hard to live in Brazos County. It's expensive to live in Brazos County because of the tax rates and the appraisal yeah. values, right? There's a lot of people there <clears throat> that talk about reining in appraisal values. And uh, yeah, we see it through our work at Habitat. Uh, it is going crazy. How would you, uh, in your role, should you be elected in November? I used that analogy earlier, everyone's in silos. We got to sure. get rid of the silos. Everyone's in silos. Austin's in a silo. Mm -hmm. the, the House and the Senate are in silos. The counties are in silos. Let's all work together. We all identify this as an issue, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm sure the state loves the revenue. Right. But the fact is, you can't claim you don't have an income tax in Texas if you really have an income tax in Texas, <laughs> which is high appraisal values and, and markedly increased rates of, of dollars coming in every year because of those. So let's break down the silos. That's something I have a history of doing. That's, that's I think, a strong point for me. Of, of, and I think probably the other three candidates will all agree with me that this needs to be done, but I believe I have an advantage in working out of those silos. So bringing that together, bringing everyone on the same page, like we did with the City of Bryan with customer service, like we did with the county for letting people know how to bid on county projects, like, you know, accomplish the impossible by having a plan and following it. That's what I do. That's what I'm known for. Okay. And so. The appraisal values, getting those under control, dropping tax rate, that can be done too. And we did that, you know, when I was with the city. Mm -hmm. There was BTU, and BTU had its upper echelon, CEOs, CFOs, and, and, and all the all the C-suite. City of Bryan had its own. A lot of those could be, we could reduce some redundancies there. Mm -hmm. you know, look at Joe Hegwood was the CFO for BTU. He became the CFO for the city of Bryan and BTU because BTU is a department of the right. city of Bryan. Okay. So we, we eliminated top salaries by doing that, eliminated mm -hmm. some redundancy, saved the taxpayer lots of money. What can we do in the county to do that? What can we do to bring those rates further down and appraisal values down? And when you bring them both down, that's where you see people saying, okay, I can afford to continue to live and invest and, and be in Brazos County. So that's a priority one for me. Okay. Priority two <clears throat> would be, again, that, that prosperity, bringing, bringing your current businesses into a place where they feel like I'm working in a county that's customer service oriented. I have an incredibly responsive government and they give me an answer and, and they take red tape out of my way and they don't give me mandates and, and rules that I must follow without any input from me and I can call my commissioner and talk to him or her and they're going to answer the phone or they're going to call me right back. That's exactly the kind of commissioner I was when I was there and, and will continue to be. But when, we, when we're responsive government, the taxpayer who is paying taxes Maybe it feels like he or she has a voice and, and can affect change in their own community. But bringing, bringing your current businesses, your people that are currently invested here, into a place where they can succeed because you're out of the way and you're supporting them a business-friendly environment, that's, that's paramount. Yeah. Also bringing in the prosperity, bringing in those companies. You know, in 2010, when I started in city council, we were so excited about the potential for biomedical corridor for Bryan, for Brazos County. And you start seeing your, your, your Atlas Pipe and Tube, which is <clears throat> light manufacturing, right. which now Brazos County is considered an inland port for the Houston Port Authority. I didn't know that. People also don't know that Mission Control Backup is in downtown Bryan, Brazos County. Oh, wow. Sure is. 
because we can do the manufacturing, we can do the high tech, we can bring uh, Fuji Biosynth. Now everyone's going to claim they had a part in that. It's funny to me, they recently expanded and I heard someone recently, even on the webpage, taking credit for that when those decisions were made two years ago. So it's the hilarity of it, but Reagan always said there's no limit to what we can do if we all work together and don't worry about who gets credit. Well, that's what I want to continue to do as commissioner. I want to work with the cities. I want to work with all the cities. There's not just two cities in Brazos County. I want to work with all the cities in Brazos County to, to answer their needs and make their business environment, their business climate friendly and responsive to bring in new opportunities to those as well. And to bring in, again, those 2050 jobs, not those 1950 jobs. Mm -hmm. That said, the reason we're building vaccines in West Bryan and Brazos County, and, and you know, vaccines typically are 12 to 14 months to manufacture with sure. a very high rate of, of contamination. Mm -hmm. In West Bryan, we're doing that in six weeks. And we're bringing together, we're bringing together pharmaceutical prowess, obviously, with research and development. But the agricultural community, we're growing those vaccines on tobacco leaves. We're bringing in human sciences with A&M, with A&M system and the colleges out there, veterinary sciences as well. We combine all those things. The reason that company came here and wanted to manufacture, manufacture vaccines in six weeks in Brazos County is because we had all the disciplines, human science, veterinary science, agriculture, business, Texas A&M hits all those disciplines. And that is here. And who can work as your commissioner with Texas A&M? I'm very close with the chancellor. We've worked on many things together we kept Kyle Field from shutting down for two years, which would have decimated our, because our economy. Because of the pandemic? No, because of the reconstruction of Kyle Field. The plan oh. was to shut Kyle Field for two oh. years, rebuild it, and then fire it back up. And that would have been probably okay for the university and the system. Sure. That would have, we did it, I was on the Convention of Visitors Board during that time. We did an economic impact study. It would have been a $126 million hit to the community two years in a row. Mm. And again, right, those property taxes are based right. on sales and receipts. We had a brand new Best Western and Bryan, $10 million on the tax roll. It would have been worth far less. Mm. So then what do your 74% income challenge kids do in BISD? Sure. When you can't pay the bills, when you can't provide the services, when you can't grow your economy because your economy is reeling from the loss of this giant engine, Texas mm -hmm. A&M, and, and Kyle Field in these games and all that it brings in. So. We avoided that. So as a commissioner, I'll keep working with AM, with the cities, with the county, and we'll we'll avoid those negative things. We'll build on the things we've done. I'm not just saying I'm gonna do it. I've done it. I've done it since 2010. So this is not new new stuff for me that I just yeah. decided to run for office. And and when you look at uh, bringing people to your area, I mean we, we just lost one deal, it was a two billion dollar data center. Why did we lose it? Silos. Mm. Let, well, there's, again, Reagan, there's no end to what we can accomplish if we work together and don't worry about who gets credit. Yeah. Let's work together and don't worry about who gets credit. So one of the things I'm most proud of as a council member was an interlocal agreement at the Biomedical Corridor, which, can, which built a taxing entity special to that designated corridor. Okay. So you don't have Brian and College Station doing this anymore. You have them saying, let's bring them to our interlocal agreement, our corridor. And I was a, an architect of that. I don't want to take credit of that. There were many good people in the room that made that happen. And two cities and a county had to agree. But when we tore those silos down, Charles, we ended up with a biomedical corridor that's blowing up yeah. in Brazos County. And look at the prosperity and potential yeah. for that. And a rancher here might have a, a son or daughter that wants mm -hmm. to run the ranch. And wonderful for that. 
And maybe they become a veterinarian one day. Mm -hmm. Maybe they also learn to cure cancer in Brazos sure. County because we can manufacture vaccines in six weeks. By the way, first dose vaccine, first run of a vaccine is six weeks. When you, when you have a vaccine developed and you want to tweak it, those are four-week turnarounds. Mm -hmm. What does that do to research and development to keep people from dying of cancer like my mom? Right. What does that do when you can take a vaccine and put it against a, a, a free radical and, and watch what it does to, to delineate cancer or to, to destroy it or weaken it or shrink it? And, and instead of waiting 14 months for the next vaccine to see what it'll do, you're waiting six or four weeks. Yeah. This is Brazos County. This is where we're strong. We're strong in all these areas. And the commissioner walking into this office doesn't need to be a really good at building roads. Sure. We have a county engineer for that. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. This commissioner needs to be able to work with agricultural. Mm -hmm. That is my degree, my field of study, my background. With, with the business community, absolutely my strong point. With bringing companies here, with nurturing companies that are here, keeping them from leaving, make them be able to expand, get out of their way. Give them a business environment, and working with uh, farmers and ranchers, and that's Brazos County. Right. So we all share those same things. Let's control those taxes, control those appraisal values, and get out of my way. Let me do what I'm here to do. I'm a business owner. I'm a rancher. I'm a producer. I want to do that. You want to be a good uh, uh, commissioner? Get out of my way and help me when I need you, and be very responsive for the services that you represent. Yeah. There's commissioners. There's 22 elected positions in Brazos County. The commissioners of the pocketbook. Do you really understand the court system? Do you understand what having a second district court might be here? Do you understand their processing uh, the challenges of the judiciary and all those all all those things being processed quickly and efficiently? What that means for community safety? Do you understand those things? Yeah. I do. I understand those things. I'm going to work well with those people to make those things happen. Uh, big, big tenet of me too is give the police and fire and all our first responders the tools they need. Okay. As a commissioner, as one of 22 people that are elected in Brazos County, do you understand what they need? It's not just a, a bumper sticker or something you do at, during election time. Right. Are you working with them? Are you speaking with the sheriff? Are you talking with your constables? Are you working with your justice of the peace? Do they have the budget and assets and tools they need to, to do what they need to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, we looked at JP Precinct 1 is working in a building that during the freeze was almost destroyed with pipes and leaking and everything else. I heard about that. Yeah, so all in the commissioner's court, we bought the land for their new office and we've begun mm -hmm. building the new office because it's needed. Right. Not because it's nice, not because they have to be in a plush facility, but because it's a needed, necessary tool that we need to give them. That isn't even my precinct. But as a county precinct commissioner, you've you got to support the county, and that's something I do. Take the silos down. Uh, a third thing for me is, you know, servant. Are, you, are we a servant of the, of the county? I think the commissioner is able to better serve the county when they're a servant of the county, when they do things that they see need to be done because they need to be done. And, I, and I'm running for office, so I have to pat myself on the back, which is super uncomfortable to do. But no one told me to go into Wheeler Ridge when the tornado hit and, and work on that team of guys where we went off and chainsawed houses, uh, trees on houses. and. Chainsaw the area to help clear the area. BTU was busy restoring, restoring power. The police right. were busy making sure no one was looting. We were in there as a FEMA-recognized organization, cutting away trees and limbs so that people could start getting to their house if yeah. it was unsafe, or start rebuilding and reconstructing their house. We started a Facebook group that coordinated people in need with people who had what they needed. Wow. And initially, that was baby wipes and food and clean water sure. and clothes 
for some of those families because yes, you've got insurance, but you know what? There's a little time between when that tornado hits your house and when that insurance check hits your bank. Who's helping you in the meantime? We were. And the reason we were a group of people is because we tore down silos, we didn't care who yeah. was getting credit. We went in there and did it because it needed to be done. I think that's the heart of the commissioner. Uh, that should be the heart of who serves you as commissioner. If you don't have a history of serving with youth in, with their spiritual life in, in a community and other services and other offices that don't pay you money right. like city council, do you really have that heart to, to know what it's like to act as a servant? You might. But I feel like that's a strong point for me in my campaign. It's absolutely what I want to bring back to Commissioner's Court when I win this in November. Well, is there, um, first of all, thank you for speaking with us today. Uh, is there anything last minute that you would like to bring up? Or how can someone watching this get in touch with you, um, look at your campaign, your platform, all of that? How can they do that? So Charles, I, I'm sorry, I get very passionate about these things. I feel like I've been in a didactic conversation. I, I hope That's I'm, the whole point. Okay, I hope I've covered what you want. I hope people can, can see me and learn a little bit more about me through these answers. Yeah. And if they want to learn more about me, they can go to chuckcondrela.com. That's C-H-U-C-K-K-O-N-D-E-R-L-A, chuckcondrela.com. And then learn more about what it is I'm doing, what I want to accomplish, and how they might be able to support the campaign, or ask me questions and get in touch with me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is Chuck Conderla. He is running for Precinct 2 of the County Commissioner's Court. Thank you so much for joining the Bradley. Charles, thank you, bud. The Think Brass's podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Alexa. We'd love to hear from you and what you think of our content. You can send us an email at thinkbrasses at gmail.com or message us through social media. Thanks for listening. And just remember, think local, think brasses.